The Enneagram of Personality podcast with Logan Jones is a part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Type 7, here we go. Oh, not like you general enthusiasts need any more enthusiasm in your life, right? Or reason to be celebrated. But hey, I'm going to give it to you anyway. Sevens of the world make life worth living. If you have a seven in your life, you are blessed because sevens know how to celebrate. And they know how to celebrate you. They know how to celebrate her, him, they know how to celebrate family. They, there's pretty much nothing that sevens do not know how to celebrate. In fact, that's what they live for. Sevens are the happy, happy, joy, joy people of the world. Uh, I don't know how this happened, but they get sometimes uh, typecasted as like the party people. Hmm. Yeah, I guess maybe, but that's more of sort of a stereotype, right? Because I know a lot of sevens who couldn't be caught dead at a party. Um, they've got lots of things lined up usually, and um, maybe the party might be one of the options, but hey, if something better comes along, that's where they're going. They are the epicure, you know? They are this type of personality that is uh, looking for the most pleasurable option that uh, they could be a part of. Um, while there is this constant sort of uh, FOMO or fear of missing out that is present in the sevens type structure, uh, in general, they are just moving from one pleasurable experience to the other. Um, you could say this is sort of, uh, how they kind of live life. It's a huge, uh, you know, grand uh, buffet that they've been invited to and they want to taste it all. You know, what if this is my favorite? You know, in the old Neapolitan ice cream, you know what I mean, right? The chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. The seven answer, although it's a little bit of a general thing here, but the seven answer might be, uh, you know, to the question, what do you want? Do you want uh, chocolate or vanilla or strawberry? The seven answer would be yes. You know, I want it all. Um, what if one of those is my favorite? Uh, give it to me all. I'll taste every single one of them and see. This is the way the sevens tend to live life. Um, from one thing to the next. Uh, the sin of gluttony can be interesting because I know I just am now uh, coming from an ice cream analogy. But um, it's really more of a, a constant... Um, eating or consuming, uh, you know, joy, uh, and, or pleasurable experiences, you know, from one to the next, they can be ideas, you know, um, constantly planning. I know of a type seven, for example, who just has little planners everywhere and is constantly thinking and planning, um, what they're going to do next. Um, this of course makes it hard to enjoy where you are currently. Let's say one of the thing on one of the things on on their uh, calendar was uh, a trip to Honolulu, Hawaii. Well, that's great. They're planning and it's wonderful and oh my goodness and it's going to be great and the idea of Honolulu, Hawaii and are you with me, right? But then when they're there, guess what? The calendar's there too, and they're planning. So even while they're on the beach, they can be planning for the next thing or, or what they're going to do in the evening, which can make it challenging 
to actually land where you are. And in this example, enjoy Honolulu, Hawaii, right? I know it's, I know it's kind of silly when you think about it, but I hope you catch that. Um, because if you're moving and you're constantly thinking about, um, all the other wonderful things that you are going to do and, you know, planning all of those, uh, it can be quite the challenge to actually be where you are and to be in the way where you are that unlocks the full depths of something. So I know sevens would never think of themselves this way. And I do apologize about what I'm about to say, but that's why sevens to the rest of us seem like people who are just skimming the surface sometimes, you know, I'm not saying you are not deep, uh, loving, uh, full human beings because you are, and we love you for that. Don't ever stop. However, there is this sense and, um, if you're a seven, ask your loved ones, you know, slow down a little bit and ask them and actively listen to what they say. Is there a sense that you have about me that I just kind of move from one thing to the next? Never, never going really deep with something, you know, that's what we're talking about. That can be the other side of it. Right. But again, just to celebrate sevens, um, these are the ones who just remind us that life is to be celebrated. You know, life can be so hard for pretty much everyone on planet earth. It's so, so painful very often. And at their best sevens can, can stay long enough to be with those painful things, but then rely on what they're really good at, which is like a knee jerk for them to also be able to reframe to be able to look at something from a different angle that highlights what is to be celebrated here. At their best, they can remind us all of gratitude. And if we start there, joy is not far away. Um, so they can really be um, people who are deep, you know, drawing from that deep well of being uh, from which joy comes, you know don't have to earn joy. So that's the lesson very often, um, for sevens is, is, uh, how do we understand what joy is and not, um, let it, you know, uh, devolve into some form of just pleasure or happiness that is just a pleasurable or happy experience that I need to somehow be planning for. And then, and then just kind of move through. your family, your faith. They're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, 
social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. The world is seen as not being satisfying, you know? So the seven tries to make it so. To get back to Jesus and his parables, right? What? How does he talk to sevens, right? Well, in his imagination, Jesus is using um, the parables as ways to talk from one imagination to the other, right? So the seven-type trance lives in this deprived world that can never quite be satisfying. And even though, so, so the seven really want satisfaction, right? But since the world can't be that in the scarcity world, right? The seven seems to just settle for more. <laughs> more is better. <laughs> more. Even though it doesn't quite satisfy, just more. Just more, more, more. So Jesus's parables uh, are speaking to sevens to, to literally break that trance. He, with his vision of abundance, <laughs> that this world is, is, is a place that can actually truly satisfy you, um, but not in your way, not by always reframing, not by just the next pleasurable thing, not by just consuming more and more joy or pleasure. Nope. Jesus has a different take on it. And so Jesus says... And this is from the gospel according to Luke chapter 15. He says, he's got three of them, by the way, so we're going to start with number one. These are probably familiar to most of y'all, but Jesus says, What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds the one coin? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends or neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God in the heavens over one sinner who repents. And the next one, which is probably of the three the most famous one. So I'll just read this one as well, and then I'll get to the point. I know you sevens are probably just wanting me to get to the point. I will. But hang with me here. One more. So from the gospel, according to Luke chapter 15 still, verses three to seven now. Or what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness to go after the one the one sheep which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing, celebrating. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Just so I tell you, says Jesus, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. (laughs) Okay, so these parables are all about lost and found, right? (laughs) Yep, and what Jesus so beautifully is weaving together here is this place that this world is something 
that is deprived of, of satisfaction, right? That you can never be fully satisfied here. So all you got to do is scrounge up just more and more and more of what might taste good and be pleasurable and make you happy. Jesus is saying no. For example, in that first parable with the woman, right? If this were the type seven trance, well, you just, you just lost one, right? You had 10 silver coins, so you still got nine. So live it up, (laughs) you know, keep going. (laughs) Don't stop. You know, so he's not just giving advice here. He's drawing out joy, which he's talking about. And he's saying, nope, if you stop, yeah, you still got nine coins, but be like this lady. Stop long enough. Look, search, find the one, the one that you've been missing. And then when you found it, Jesus is, Jesus is saying, that's the joy I'm talking about. That's the joy of abundance is like, stay long enough with something until don't just move on with the nine, you know, with the nine coins and have a blast. He's saying, nope, you've lost one. Stick with that. It's painful. The recognition that you had something and it's been taken or it's just been lost. That's pain. Jesus is saying, stick with that. And he's saying, because that's what it's like. The angels of God is, is, are rejoicing like that. So he's saying, that's the joy that you've been created for. And ironically, paradoxically, as he's saying in the parable, sevens, listen up. Everybody else too, but especially my seven friends, listen up. Don't just move on. No, stay with the pain. Stay with the grief just a little bit longer. Trust Jesus's wisdom here. It won't kill you. You will not be swallowed up in the quicksand of pain or grief. No, you will not die. He's saying you will, the opposite, you will get to the joy, the same joy that the angels have in heaven. And in the other parable, right? Similar, gospel according to Luke right there. In the other one of the three, he's saying about the sheep, right? This is not advice to... Um, to how to shepherd well, right? That's not what he's doing, because if so, it's very bad advice. I think that's obvious, right? I mean, think of uh, a preschool teacher, right? She's out. She has 10 kids. Um, One of them, you know, runs away. She goes after that one child and leaves the other nine children behind. Awful advice, right? For any kindergarten or pre-K teacher, that is very bad advice. Similarly, and exactly the same way, this bad shepherding advice. This is not, therefore, shepherding advice. What is he doing in this parable? He is reminding type sevens. Same thing with the coins. Be like this man, this shepherd, right? Don't be like the seven trance where it's like, well, you know what? I have a, I, I still have 99 sheep, so I'm good. Let's keep on going. This is awesome. No problem. No. Uh -uh. (laughs) He's saying, be like God, right? Be like the God in whose image you've been, you've been crafted. Don't, don't do that other thing that won't leave you happy. You'll just keep losing sheep and keep reframing like, oh, it's no problem. Now I've got 96. Oh, no problem. I still got 91. Who cares? Don't be that way. Jesus is saying that's not happiness. That's not joy. It seems like it is, but no. That's just your own egocentric, clever way, right? Of avoiding pain 
or grief. Again, you don't need to to be be a glutton for pain or grief. That's not what I'm saying, or Jesus for that matter. But what he's saying is, be like this. Be like this, shepherd. Notice it. Huh? I had a hundred. One is missing. And do whatever it takes. Stay long enough until that other one is returned to you, until you find it. Then celebrate. Don't just reframe and celebrate. That's false, fake, not what you were made for. It'll end up being frustrating. What he's saying is there is joy that awaits you, and it's the same joy that is the joy of the heavens, the joy of God. And he's saying that it is precisely found in the remaining with the actual issue. Something has occurred something that has caused you loss and ought to cause you grief or pain. So stick with that situation. Don't reframe it and call it something different just to quote unquote, keep the party going, you know, just to keep moving. No, don't do that. Stay. When life is happening, stay with life. Even if it's pain or grief, stay with it long enough. And Jesus promises, because you live in an abundant world for satisfaction, right? Joy is possible, but it's not possible for you if you keep on keeping on and don't stick long enough with the pain and the grief. So even though it's threatening, and again, I'm not saying to be to all of my beloved sevens of the world that you need to now somehow just all get comfortable with melancholy and grief and sadness and, and, and just have a cry fest. That is not what Jesus is saying. And it's not what I'm saying, but the wisdom here is that's the wisdom. The wisdom here is that you can stay long enough. You won't be overwhelmed by it. In fact, what you really want satisfaction. You don't just want more. You want satisfaction and it's, paradoxically hidden with when you can stay long enough and complete, right? Come back. Have it come back to you, whether it's a sheep or a coin. You're with me, right? It's actually joy. It's the joy of heaven that is yours and it's in you. Stay long enough. Don't move on without it because you can just reframe and be happy in some other way by some other, you know, pleasurable thing. Jesus is saying, don't sell yourself short. (laughs) Stay with it. A celebration, a a heavenly celebration is to follow. Sevens, what can we do? Well, Clarence Thompson ends every chapter with some advice on what we can do. And his advice to type sevens is, is this. An ancient Christian tradition pictured the cross with jewels and without any corpus or a body of Christ on it. In Latin, the crux gemnata. For sevens, it contains the promise of glory. The promise of glory within suffering. Keep it someplace important. So he is saying, do some form of remembrance, whether it's in your mind or actual art or creativity that allows you to hold the two things together. The cross, right? The symbol of loss, grief, death, 
and jewels, the symbol of of uh, renewal, right? Like an immortal diamond, you could say. Uh, quoting the title of a Father Richard Rohr book, The Immortal Diamond. But what I mean by that is, under pressure, the uh, the diamond is not broken completely, but under pressure, it is it is refined, right? And under pressure, it's formed. So think of it that way. The painful things in life, even boredom, stay with it just long enough that it forms you. Because you are joy. And life is meant to be satisfying. All right, so, sevens, hang out long enough, right? Help us celebrate joy, which only you can do in a way that's wonderful. And may you live simply, love generously, speak truthfully, serve faithfully, and leave everything else to God. Go in peace. Enneagram of Personality is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you just listened to, would you take a second to leave us a review in your favorite podcast app? It really does help new listeners find us. You can find more about Logan Jones by visiting his site, loganjonescoaching.com. This podcast is produced by me, Kelly Givens, and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thank you to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more faith-affirming podcasts, just visit us at lifeaudio.com. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.